She's Rachel Casey. She's Maddie Weiner. And we're the smartest smartest people in the room. We have a lot of opinions on film. And we just can't shut up about it. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) This is a podcast where we shoot the shit. Just like Emmanuel Lebeski shot the 2003 masterpiece, Cat in the Hat. This week we're discussing Fableman's. I saw the menu. Glass (laughs) Onion, really good. RRR. Bros. 80 for Brady. So stay tuned. Why not just start? Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about. Let's see how far I can make it. <laughs> what should we talk about first, Rachel? There's so many things. Let's start at the very beginning. That's a very good place to start. I don't know. <laughs> I was looking for your text message. That's what I was doing. Got it. <laughs> All right. Did you see the Fablemans? Yeah. Oh, you didn't. I didn't know that. It's because I saw it over Thanksgiving, and then I like didn't see you for a minute gotcha. after that. Yeah, I saw the Fablemans. Um, let's go back in time. The of the movies that I gave you, the last, the earliest one I saw was the Fablemans. Okay. Which I thought was really good. I actually really liked it. Um, I, I cried a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. God, I'm just gonna say this. I just hope that my dad and stepmom don't listen to this, but I just, it was an illuminating experience because I really was just like, I was like, wow, that, the cinema art, (laughs) art is so important. And they just were like, not as into it. Like they were like, wow, did that really happen? It's like, (laughs) some of it did, but I don't know. Like there was the one part, I don't mean to put you on blast gale i'm so sorry i, I love you to, de- to death but um there's a part where a very, a very like key part where young young steven i think his name's like jack or something in the movie i can't remember um or sam it's sam uh he hit uh they're visited by his great uncle who's estranged from the family mm-hmm. because he joined the circus did you see it no but i just have heard that that's judd hirsch it's judd hirsch so that's how i knew and um he gives him this like rousing moving kind of like talk where he's like you're different from the rest of your family because you're an artist just like me I you know I had to go pursue my art and it and it and it separated me from my family it put this gulf between us and he's like well you just what is it is it art to to put your head in a lion's mouth and he's like it's art to get him not to bite (laughs) (laughs) um and he's just like you know, your whole life, you're going to be, you're just going to be torn apart between your fam, your family and your art. And that's just, and it was just like, and he's just like, sorry. <laughs> like, and it was, I was very like, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and like, Gail was like asleep. Dang. <laughs> For that part. Like it was a, it's a great part. Cause yeah. Hirsch is amazing. So I heard, I heard it's a really good part of the movie. Yeah. It's like key. Um, and like, I thought it was just really well put together. Um, it's so interesting to see people being like, this is this is a vanity project for Steven Spielberg. This is like self-mythologizing. And I'm like, this, maybe I'm wrong, but this seems like it was an extremely painful thing for him to make. Yeah. He I was mean, exercising some demons. Seems like this is very personal. I, wouldn't call, it, I wouldn't call it a, a vanity. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I wouldn't call it a, you know, yeah, a vanity project. It's not just him showing, and I've been great at movies since I was a boy, and now I'm the king of movies. 
it's about how he was good at movies and and observation and like knowing what to film since he was a kid and it literally tore his family apart yeah like it literally did (laughs) so and it was you know it caused it didn't cause but it was a key element in one of the most influential divorces in uh the history of art (laughs) because it's in all of his movies like it like was very hard for him i don't know so it's very interesting too because i i heard the interview with him and terry gross um and that i just i just caught on the radio when i was listening and yeah he was saying about how he literally after their parents got a divorce how he didn't really truly like speak to his dad for like 15 years Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. they got a divorce because he blamed his dad Mm -hmm. even though any you know retroactively looking at it it's really not his dad's fault no yeah (laughs) his dad is not the one you know who was like i'm in love with somebody else and right and you know and i'm leaving right but it's interesting because in you know she asked him like why do you why were you so mad at him it wasn't his fault you know he wasn't the one like i just said and steven was like you know he said i think it really had a lot to do with his idea of masculinity he was mm-hmm. like my idea of masculinity and everything that i had had been like preached to me from movies from the media was that like men oh, were yeah. supposed to like stand up and be like the you know they weren't supposed to let women do this to them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he was my dad. He was supposed to hold the family together and he just let her go. And so he was like mad at him because he didn't have this. He didn't, he didn't portray this version of masculinity that Spielberg thought that you were supposed to have when he was a kid. And he was like, it took me like 20 years to work through that. Like it makes complete sense because you can even see the movies that he makes when he's a kid are war movies, Westerns, like very masculine things. All of his friends are men are guys like, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I also, I don't know. It's interesting to see like the different opinions of like, of Paul Dano and Michelle Williams performances. Cause some people really didn't like it. I don't know if maybe they couldn't get over like knowing the actors mm-hmm. or something, but like people were saying that Michelle Williams's character was like a, like that sh- her performance was like so hammy and weird. And I'm like, I think she might've been a hammy weird woman. I think seems his like, mom might've been a hammy weird seems woman. Seems like his mom was a weird woman. I mean, like what kind of woman would, not what kind of, it means a derogatory, no, what, but like, yeah. but you know, there has to be a certain kind of woman to have your son know that you're cheating on your husband and then be like, it's our little secret though. Don't tell anybody. Right. And to <laughs> like, like, like all the things she does, like she was an artist also. She was an artistic personality yeah. and, and yeah, that she portrays that for sure. I don't know. It's very interesting. I, I feel like people haven't, some kinds of people some people have an, a gut instinct to reject spielberg movies when they come out because he's so, he's spielberg and they're like it's it's all schlock or whatever and it's like that's not all schlock he's he's a cornball but like it's it's deeply felt like yeah just, just but like, he says it in a corny way sometimes i understand not yeah i mean i understand not necessarily like being in love with the concepts i guess behind mm-hmm. the movie but no one can deny the execution no i mean you can and you just simply cannot like, like he is so good at he, what he does he really is <laughs> like 
and even like the stuff that he shows when he was a kid, which I'm sure really happened. I don't know why he would embellish. He's yeah. Spielberg. He doesn't need to. But like some of the like workarounds that he found and like special effects things he like figured out as a kid. I'm like, damn, that's so smart. Like I would never have thought of that. And then I just heard on the uh, shout out you're wrong about podcast where they had um, uh, I don't know why her name's escaping me. Uh, Karina Longworth, mm. um, to talk about the history of the movie rating system that Spielberg literally basically invented PG-13. <laughs> I believe that. Because he had Jaws and uh, Gremlins coming out in the same summer, and th- there was still just PG and R. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he really did not want his movies to be R. He thought Jaws would have been R. And yeah. he was like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, I want children to be able to see... Mm-hmm. these movies and he basically like went to the MPAA and lobbied them and was like can we have something different wow the two people who have changed the rating system Spielberg and Almodovar exactly two kings of the industry Incredible. and of the art form um yeah I thought it was really cute I thought it was good it made me cry a lot like I said um uh it was great and I will see it and I and I think you'll enjoy it um do I think it's best picture Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. I also think it remains to be seen whether it remains whether it remains the front yeah. runner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but it was definitely good, and um, definitely, it's not. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot of, of. It's not just like I'm trying to think of an example of something that it's not. It's not a coda. Yeah, it's not coda. There's a lot going on. Which not that there's. Yeah. Not the code is not a deep movie. Nothing. There's a code is a fine movie, but if you want to talk about a movie full of corn, Spielberg's <laughs> The Fablemans has some Freudian shit going on. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Um, some real psychological underpinnings, but um, but yeah, thumbs up from me. Recommend on Fablemans. On All right. Fablemans. Um, and then, did you see anything over Thanksgiving? Was that when you saw the menu? When did you see the menu? I saw the menu um, in Austin. Okay. At the Alamo Draft House. Good cinema. I bet. I wish we had one of those. People weren't lying. People yeah. aren't lying. Yeah. Yeah, the menu was good. Um it was it was good. <laughs> it wasn't great. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. It yeah. was good. There were some really like very interesting parts. Mm-hmm. Um Ray Fines is great. Of course. Always great. Anya Taylor Joy is, is good. Mm-hmm. Um, Hong Chao is really good, uh, in it. Um, John Leguizamo does, does a good job. Like, there's, it's good, and it's, it's always fun to see, like, actors together like that, and the concept is very entertaining, Mm -hmm. because you're like, oh, what's gonna happen next? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't know what's gonna happen, you're like, oh, what's gonna happen next? But a lot of it, some of the execution is a bit ham-fisted. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) To where you're like, it is like, you know, out of all of our movies of the past few years i'd say like two and a half years of like rich people bad don't you know mm-hmm. uh, this is probably one of the most like just like yeah we're just this is it this is the only thing we have to say right <laughs> rich people bad don't you know well speaking of rich people bad don't you know you saw the glass onion i did oh you i didn't, didn't text see me glass about onion. that but i just remember you that's when you saw over <laughs> I Thanksgiving. Did see, i did well i saw it yeah afterwards but yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, I did see Glass Onion over Thanksgiving, and it's one week in theaters. And you know what? I'm glad I did. Not that it won't... It'll be fine on Netflix. Yeah. Like, people will be fine watching it at home. I, I will be ecstatic um, to watch it at home. And people will really like it at home. And it is it is a better... And it is a... 
better executed. Um, yeah, rich people are mm-hmm. bad, don't you know? Then, uh, then the menu. Yeah. The menu was fun. I'm really glad I saw it. Like I said, it's very, like, it has a nice, like, keep you on the edge of your seat thing going on. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll definitely never... It, it gives, like, it gives the whole new meaning to the, like, to the, like, yes, chef, like, yeah. <laughs> thing yes. that's going around. Like, yes. made popular, popularized by the bear yes. and then demonized by the menu. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, should I, have you seen the bear? No, I watched I, it. Should I watch it? I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I didn't think it was as good as everybody, like, okay. it was not, like, God's gift to Earth, like, okay. some people were acting like, <laughs> yeah. but it is good, and Iowa Debris is really good in it. I also just don't think that Jeremy White is as hot as everyone else thinks he is. Uh, I'd have to see him in action, see him in motion. Yayoi, what are you doing? I don't know what she's doing. Hey, beep come down here. Whoa, sweep the legs! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um... What was that? What were we saying? What were we saying? Talking about Jeremy White. Oh, yeah, Jeremy White. I just don't think... I honestly think a lot of the reason... some It's it's really good, but there are some moments in it where I'm like, now this just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why is this guy... Why? I mean, I understand we're letting him follow his passions, but I'm like, why is this guy spending like six hours a day baking cakes for, a, for an Italian beef restaurant? I don't really know why that's happening. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, um, speaking of TV hot guys, just quick sidebar. Just, do you hear about Phoebe Bridgers? Phoebe Bridgers? They're saying that she broke up with Paul Mescal and she's dating Bo Burnham now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very Bo Burnham is a TV hot guy. But then some, well, so is Paul Mescal. True. Normal people. I don't know if oh, that's how you true. say his name. But, um. But also maybe soon to be Oscar nominee, so. True. But people, people on the internet are also like, ah! I don't know if she's broken up with Paul Mescal. I think those two might uh, be pretty open. Could be. Yeah. And then there was like all Because these... it really seems like it because of the, uh, all the stuff with him and, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, right? Well, yeah. And, and like, Phoebe Bridgers... Dressing up in the Halloween costume and... Right. Phoebe Bridgers was, um, probably, I mean, unconfirmed, but she was probably in a relationship with Connor Oberst and he's in an open relationship with his wife. True. So she's got experience with Polly stiff probably we don't know we're speculating but who cares <laughs> i just thought that was interesting it is interesting bo burnham so bo burnham but yes uh, <laughs> glass onion really good it remains to be seen whether this theory of um release it in one week re- release it for one week in theaters to build momentum for the netflix release yeah. is going to be a success model we will um, see we will see they really need a but success because the advertiser thing you netflix that, right? needs a, yeah they're netflix like pay their advertisers success. back or whatever woof um i'm excited to see glass onion yeah i read a um an interview with ryan johnson in um little white lies mm. and he was talking about how like the more specific they made the the billionaire stuff, the less funny it was. And the broader they made it, the be- the better it worked. Because they were like, if you get too specific, it gets too topical. And then it doesn't... Like, if you people move on from, the, from it, then it's not funny anymore. Yeah. I would say, like, literally the only thing, which is just very funny. Um, I mean, really, truly, the close... And people are going to make the, this connection, like, immediately as soon as it starts to come out. But, like... The Elon Musk thing is the closest thing yeah. to it, and it, but it's because it's because of this difference between like, there's 
he he it's because he is the main billionaire we have right now that's like the genius billionaire right we then all of these people Steve who Jobs are like dead yeah there are none of, there aren't as many people out there right i mean i think people would say that bill gates is a genius for doing what he did but it's like he's old news yeah <laughs> it's like it's a tried and true trope of us being like billi- uh yeah billionaire geniuses but mm-hmm. elon musk is our latest and greatest yes so. yeah he said that like Edward Norton's character is is somewhat based on Elon Musk, but not just Elon Musk. So it's just yeah. like, yeah. But it definitely is the most like topical. So mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of mm-hmm. connections made. It's really good. It's funny. Um, I think I don't know. I'm hesitant to say whether it's better better or worse than the first one. Mm-hmm. I just think that if we could just get one of these things every, like, two to three years for the rest of time, I'd be happy. <laughs> Me too, bro. I love it. I love it. Because they're fun whodunits, and I feel like if we get, by the time we at least get three, people are, I, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where people are like, oh, well, I like this one the best, or I like this one mm-hmm. the best. And it's not going to be like, this one's better than this one. It's going to be, or like, it's not going to be like, factually, this one's better than yeah. this one. It's going to be like, my favorite one is this one. Or my... Because I like this location. Yeah, my yeah. favorite one is this one. Because I like this plot twist the yeah, best. Yeah. Like Because I like Dave Bautista. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's very good. Janelle Monet is very good. Okay, okay. She's like, she's the star. Mm-hmm. And Dave Bautista Mm-hmm. Is a star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we've all known. Yes, but... I love him, honestly. So yeah, see, you know, watch Glass Onion. I'm excited to see what kind of numbers it puts up on Netflix and what kind of like yes, thing they do. tell us that it's getting, even though we'll right. never know if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. Dave Bautista, you know, I liked him in Guardians of the Galaxy, which was the first thing I ever saw him in. And I yeah. was like, he's a wrestler. Um, but it wasn't until Blade Runner 2049 when he wore those tiny little glasses. Wore those tiny little glasses. I was like, you're like, that's a dude. That's I like him. I like him a lot. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. We're back. These episodes, we're, we're, we're recording two episodes at once right now, so they're going to be little short ones because Maddie's about to have no time in her life. <laughs> uh, not to, uh, I'll just say that I'm about to be working on a, on a film, a mm-hmm. real film. A feature film filming in Louisville, and I'm really excited, but it is 12-hour days, so uh, we won't be able to record any podcast for a while, so we're getting out in front of it. I'm going to record a special guest episode with Spencer about Moneyball. Yes. <laughs> I Please do, honestly. I would I would love that. Um, you know what I want to talk about? What? A movie <laughs> that I wish I had seen in theaters. Because I think I would have just absolutely lost my goddamn mind. RRR. Is that a, is it just RRR? It is RRR. RRR. It stands for Something Rise Revolt. I'm going to look it up. I can't remember what the first one is. Um, what does it mean? What does it mean? It doesn't say on Wikipedia what it stands for. Well, you go, you go ahead and... It says it in the movie. Yeah. Like, it just... Uh, it's like... It's... First of all, like, the title sequence is crazy. The exposition is crazy. You don't even know that it's called it. R. It's so good. It's so good. I loved it so much. Yeah. <laughs> rise. Roar. Roar. Revolt. That's what it is. I know it was Rise something. Yeah. Rise. Uh, rise and Revolt. Yes. Rise, Roar, Revolt. Yes. 
Um, I definitely need to watch that one. God, it is so good. Okay. I loved it so much. I'll move it to the top of my list. I'd watch it, like, right now. Yeah. Again. <laughs> well, no, because you need to go to bed. I know, but I would still watch it right now, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I loved it. It's, like, everything, it, like, it really, talk about, like, towing the line on this thing that you this 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 theme weaving through the episode here of like is it too simple is it too complex is it too on the nose you know is it Mm -hmm. is it is it just throwing something in our face is it too cheesy it tows that line to me perfectly Mm -hmm. because some of it is just absolutely like apeshit ridiculous yeah you're like this is insane yeah this is there's like I'm going to give you a spoiler because you've probably maybe seen it, but like there's a scene where when they heat, when they're like pulling up and they just fucking release all these CGI like jungle animals and they start like attacking people. Yeah. And it's like, it's insane. And in any other movie, you could see that being like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> just like taking you out of the movie and yeah. being like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. But the way it's done in this movie, you're just like, God damn, that rules! <laughs> um, it almost sounds like, like Mad Max. Yes, it does have a lot of Mad Max esque qualities to it. You definitely have to embrace the, you know, Bollywood Tollywoodness of it all of like music and singing yeah, going yeah, on like yes. throughout it. And if you don't like my dad, if it didn't have any of the music and singing, my dad would be all about it. But because it's like a musical, even though it's not. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, but because it has, like, people singing and stuff throughout it, he's not gonna be interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, man, I loved it. I thought it was so good. It's... I have not seen an, as many films, 2022 films, as I would like to see, but mm-hmm. it is most certainly in my top three movies that I saw. Oh, hell yeah. It's okay. so good. I love it so okay, much. I'll watch it, for sure. And if I had seen it in a theater, I would have died, I think. <laughs> um, It would have been so great. Yeah, I, I've heard of... of- people's theater experiences and how the crowd just is like going crazy the whole time yeah and god i haven't had something like that in a really long time you know and i think that's a staple of like bollywood and tollywood cinema too is like when you go to see these movies in india it is always like a very rowdy experience like not specifically rr i mean it's an action movie and it's got this crazy shit that happens in it and so but also just regular Mm -hmm. bollywood movies that are mostly just like romantic dramas yeah yes (laughs) three three to four hour romantic dramas yes yeah i i haven't seen too too much at all of bollywood movies um it's something that it's like a a blind spot for me but i'm sure that's a blind spot for a lot of americans yeah um it's um they're always playing at tinseltown i know they are yes i've noticed that before which is where i saw avatar Yes, which we will get to. <laughs> um, well, I will slip this in. Um, I have sad news of uh, something that I had to turn off in 20 minutes that I was really looking forward to, and that was Bros. Oh, uh, I got Bros from the library. I was so excited. I'm finally going to watch Bros. Not good. Not good. Oh, unfortunate. Uh, tragic, tragic, tragic. But, um, yeah, it was... So preachy right off the bat. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It was so like LGBT studies 101. Like, and like it starts out with like 
him. He's like a podcaster. Him being Billy Eichner, who's named Bobby in the movie. And like he's he's just doing his Billy Eichner thing. But I don't know. It's like I just don't think the Billy Eichner thing works in a rom-com scenario. If, it, if you're being Billy Eichner on Billy on the Street or Difficult People where the abrasiveness is like the funny point. Right. Like that totally works. But in a rom-com setting, it just makes him seem like an asshole and like a grump. Yeah. And agreed. um then there's like this you know, he's making the first gay uh n- national gay history museum. Like this is like part of and they're and they're trying to get funding so they can make this museum. And the like committee of the museum has this like little fight. They all have this like argument where they're and it's like I think it's trying to like the movie is constantly trying to depict infighting in the LGBTQ community, but it's so like inorganic and like it's like not natural. It just seems like they're like copying Twitter tweets. Mm. It just didn't work for me. The stunt casting <clears throat> thing of having every character be played by a queer actor or trans actor, including the straight characters, mm, that was a bad move because some of them weren't good actors <laughs> and you cast them because they were gay and that was not a good idea and you should have just cast someone who was good regardless of their sexuality you know that's probably true although calling it stunt casting i don't know to have every single person be lgbtq you don't Me? think that's stunt casting um i think that you could view it as stunt casting i don't think that i'm i'm projecting myself onto Billy Eichner, but mm-hmm. I don't think that that's how he probably intended it. Um, Maybe not him, but I'll bet you the producers of the movie, at least some of them did. Probably, but I, it was my understanding that he had to actually fight pretty hard to get all of the actors to be LGBTQ. That's just crazy to me because some of them are so not good. They're not good. Like, interesting. <laughs> like they're, I totally believe they're, you. Their acting is stilted. They are not actors. Some of them are like, you know, famous like drag race former people. Yeah. And it's like she ain't an actor. I'm sorry. Like yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. Um if you saw it you would be like, "Oh, yeah, you're right, Maddie." <laughs> There's like this dinner scene and I'm just it just and maybe it was the directing. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's who, what I was going to ask is yeah. like, where did it go wrong, right? Like right. was it actually, you know, the casting was it Billy Eichner or was it the writing? Like, the writing is not very good. And he did he write it? He didn't write it, did he? I think he did. He write co-wrote it. it. I think he co-wrote it. Yeah. Um, I've heard that there are parts of the movie that are like really funny, but I didn't get to any of those parts. But th- that's just parts, though. Yeah. And then like he goes to this club. The parts where he goes on grinder dates, they're like little bits sprinkled throughout. Those are pretty funny. But he goes to this this gay club with Guy Brandom, who's a king and a legend, and I stand Guy Brandom. And As he was we all great. Do. And he was great. And then he like interacts with the love interest, Luke, whatever his name is. And they're mean to each other, the whole and to everyone else, and they're just like, I hate gay guys. And I'm like, Okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then they go on a date and they're like walking down the, you know, lane like you do in a rom com. You walk down the streets of New York on your little date. And they stop at a movie theater and there's a poster for like a gay cowboy movie and they're like, Ugh, I hate it when straight people play gay and they win Oscars and I'm like, Everything is like a teachable moment in this movie mm. of like LGBTQ studies one oh one. And also don't even Think about coming for Brokeback Mountain because I will slit your throat. Yeah, a, Billy, a, a to the fucking man on that like, one. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry, 
first of all, Jake Gyllenhaal probably is gay, and you didn't hear that from me. He probably is gay. He probably is gay. So it's not a straight actor playing gay, except for Heath. Second of all, they were brilliant. They were so good. Because they're good actors. Damn it. It was so good. And Benedict Cumberbatch was also really fucking good. (laughs) Yes, he was. So. And I'm sure Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal will be really good in this Almodovar short film. I also agree. So don't talk to me about the gay cowboys, Billy Eichner. I'd like to see you be a cowboy. I don't think you could pull it off. I do not. Um, So, yeah, I literally got like I was like watching bros and like sinking further and further down in my seat. And then 20 minutes in, I was like, I give up. I can't watch this. I can't do it. So it's kind of interesting as Billy Eichner has um, aged, (laughs) let's say um, not that. uh, It seems to me that he really as much as I love his his one shtick, it seems to me that there really is only one shtick. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't watch difficult people, so I can't. I can't say Mm -hmm. what went on there, but, like, even when I see him in, like, interviews or when he was, like, promoting bros, it was always the same thing. And I'm like, okay. I, you know, I love for us to get started somewhere, Mm -hmm. but we gotta, we like, we gotta expand. We can't just be James Corden doing carpool karaoke for the rest of our fucking lives. Like, like, you know, it's like, oh, bros is, like, the first gay rom-com and we have to go see it to support this or else. Studio. Studio, yes, right, sorry, first case studio rom-com. Um, and, like, we must support them or else the studios won't make another one, which is probably true, but rom-coms are dead. Why did you pick that genre? Like, rom-coms, studio rom-coms don't get made anymore. Yeah. They're all straight to streaming. And they're all bad. Yeah. God, what I wouldn't give for a good rom-com. I know, and it's like, well, um, Set It Up was pretty good. <clears throat> Set It Up was pretty good, um... And I like Fire Island a lot. I I'm really want to watch it again. Actually, decent. Um, but Fire Island, it's not. It, it's not exclusively. It's a not rom-com. really a rom. It's like yeah. a friend ensemble movie. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just watched You've Got Mail on the plane, and I was like, God damn. It's. Brr, I just got the chills mm-hmm. uh, from the power of You've Got Mail. <laughs> I mean, we just don't have Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. We just don't have. They get girl. We don't just don't have our girl anymore, and that's why. It really is. Both of our girls. Both of our girls. Gone. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Nancy's still around, but yeah. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. However, uh, uh, Rachel Casey will be first in line to see 80 for Brady when it comes out. 80 for Brady? What the hell have is that? Have you not seen? Oh. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you haven't seen this. 80? We have to pause cut <laughs> why well hold on because you have to watch this trailer what? we'll just watch it on camera like we do sometimes <laughs> i mean not on camera on uh on mic i literally cannot believe that you have not seen the trailer for nor heard of the movie 80 for shut up <laughs> shut up this is not real you know this is my favorite genre of movie yes Four best friends live life to the fullest. Academy em- Academy Award nominated actresses that are over 65. When they embark on a wild on trip a to see their hero Tom Brady play in the 2017 Super Bowl. That's crazy. It's incredible. Okay, no, time, we time, really have to watch the trailer. Time for this trailer. Yeah, we're coming, a, we're coming in hot right now. It's ridiculous trailer. Worst fucking font I've ever seen. I know. Isn't that what friendship is? 
we face the unknown together. Let's go, Golden Girls. Come with me. Look at this lineup. Incredible. I know. Poor Four. Lily had to go first because she's just <laughs> she's a nominee. A nominee. <laughs> I know. Eighty for Brady. What's this? Oh, oh man. Oh, you know, there's all. There always has to be a drug scene in the uh, in the old lady movies. <laughs> um, I am realizing upon listening or watching that trailer that I have never seen a movie where or show where Rita Moreno wasn't doing an accent. And to hear her just speak, just speak. in an American <laughs> accent, I'm like, whoa! <laughs> oh yeah, she's a, she's an American. An American. <laughs> like, she's she's not, you know, a recent Puerto Rican immigrant in West Side Story. It's true. That was a movie. That wasn't real. <laughs> and also, uh, one day at a time. That was not real. That was a TV show. <laughs> she is an actress. I think about that. All the time yeah. when I hear <laughs> certain people talk. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. What's going on there? Well, whenever I hear, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Cone Brothers. He always works with them. Um, oh, uh, Delmer. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, God. Three names. Why is Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. Tim Blake, whenever Tim Blake Nelson is in something and he's just talking in a normal voice and he's, and he doesn't have a Southern accent, I'm like, yeah. whoa. Like, okay. You're freaking me out, Tim. You're supposed to be the one. The one for me that's like that is Tony Collette. Because I'm like, she's Australian. Yeah. And when I hear her speak, and I'm Kate like, Blanchett, too. Yeah, but I feel like I can hear the affect in Kate's Sometimes voice. Sometimes you can, yeah. And sure. I can also hear the affect in Nicole Kimmon's voice. Yeah. But with Tony Collette, I'm like, never. I'm just yeah. like, this is an American woman. <laughs> you're speaking i'm like it is not yeah irene and i watched carol last night and there's some parts where you can well when in carol when she's like what's the name of this town again and she goes waterloo you can hear it yeah um but in tar no god when will i be able to watch tar when irene hopefully gets it for me for christmas i told her that's what i wanted and if that bitch doesn't get it for me i'm gonna Capital B. I'm going to steal the deed to this house and <laughs> put it in my name. No, <laughs> that'll be my present. So, yeah, soon is the answer. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm not paying $20 to watch this no, shit. No, no, no. We're going to get it. By myself. Yeah. Um, I also recently just watched Todd Field's first film, In the Bedroom. Ooh, in the Bedroom, yeah. This, this motherfucker, he's really good at He's really movies. good. It's crazy. It's really good. Like in the, I, when, So, now that I'm in the process of editing the movie and I have with you uh basically made a movie from start to almost finish yeah i have a lot every time i watch a movie now i'm seeing it from a new i actually agree with that like we when we were watching carol i was like watching it and i was thinking so when they filmed this this was completely silent they've adr'd in all of these noises yeah. every all of this is fake um this this you know i was i'm like thinking about that and thinking about like the editing choices and when they filmed everything and like the schedules and everything yeah i thought about that when i was watching you've got mail a lot i was like because it's so like wrote yeah like because it's just a good you know it's there's yeah. nothing special the screenplay and the acting is what's good in that movie is nothing special about how it's made and so i would be like right. oh yeah that's how they did that and that's how they did that mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah and um watching in the bedroom though is like 
I, I don't usually feel like this when I watch movies now, but watching in the bedroom, I was like, I'm a fraud. I <laughs> will never, ever, ever make anything this good. Like, that was what I was going. I was like, how did he do this? This is first movie? This? And and granted, he was like 37. Yeah. And he takes, he preps. He takes his time. And yeah, that's, he definitely does. You know, and it pays off, clearly. Not everybody can do that. Um. Not everybody's getting those eyes wide shut residuals or the um, uh, chewing gum yeah. <laughs> residuals that he gets. And he can just live off of, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, so, but in the bedroom was quite good. And now I'm going to watch a little children and then I'll be caught up. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, there's only, there's only one more right. to go. I actually haven't seen any of them at all, but Very I would good. like to see them. Very good. In the bedroom. It's, it's so interesting because it's it's a very domestic drama, like normal people, normal things happening to normal people, sad, tragic things, but, but you know, nothing crazy. Um, and just like, oh, the pain <laughs> that it brings out and like the human emotion. It's crazy. It's very, very good. Why don't we quickly, how about this? This is this is part one because we're recording two episodes tonight. This is part one, and you'll get another next part soon. And stay tuned because we're gonna talk about Avatar and white noise, and some other stuff. And some other stuff. Yeah. Go to the movies. Go to the movies. <laughs> Watch Glass Onion. We're so tired. <laughs> Watch Glass Onion. Yes. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at smartestpplpod, smartestpeoplepod, and you can get in touch with us at smartestpeoplepod at gmail.com. Please subscribe in whatever podcast app you like, and please tell a friend. Our theme music and interstitial music is by Scott Boyce, and he can be found on Instagram as at Scoogle, S-C-0-0-G-L-E. This is Maddie Weiner. This is Rachel Casey. Reminding you that we're the smartest people in the room. And go to the movies. Go to the theater. must be nice to always believe you know better. To always think you're the smartest person in the room. No, it's awful.